0: Welcome to the World in 10, the Times of London's unique take on uh, the big and indeed the very quirky global stories that are making the headlines. Today it is myself, Alex Dibble and Sonal Patel. Here's what we've got for you in the next 10 minutes. US-style race lessons for five-year-olds. Also a drying shame how climate change is affecting trade. And how the Times interviewed a plastic surgeon in Hollywood whilst he was operating on someone. A Times investigation has revealed that theories about race that many people consider controversial and that are based on critical race theory, it is claimed, are being taught to children as young as five in the United Kingdom.
1: Yeah, and that includes primary age pupils being taught about uh, things like American police brutality and teachers are being told that white children are strongly biased in favour of their race.
0: Mm. This teaching and guidance, I suppose, comes from a third-party organisation that provide teaching resources to schools and this story comes from the Times' Social Affairs editor James Beale who is with us now on The World in 10. James first question I suppose is what other elements have you discovered about this teaching?
2: We found on the issue of race that they offer various resources basically teaching critical race theory um, which is a somewhat contested viewpoint um, as as fact. Um, They give various examples such as dealing with um white privilege so teachers are told that white pupils must be told that they do hold white privilege and that even if a pupil comes back and says look i am part of a marginalized group like i'm i'm gay or i'm poor or or female that teachers must say look this doesn't erase your white identity and your white
1: privilege um, James, it seems from your article that part of the concern here is ideas spreading from the US when even Western societies differ.
2: Absolutely. I mean, we have spoken to um, a writer called Tomiwa Olade, uh, and he has um, he's actually written a piece in the paper for us separately as well today. Critical race theory is a theory that has come from America, but Britain and America are very different societies. Britain had never had a... Segregated society. So, um, to me, was uh, viewpoint is that there's no point in treating British children the same as you would American children because the societies are extremely different.
1: James, thank you, and it's a great story which Times Radio has been discussing. They heard from Remy Adekoya, who's a commentator on race and the author of "It's Not About Whiteness, It's About
0: Wealth." He made some really interesting points. One of which was that, you know, he said he has a daughter who is black and he doesn't want her told that there's a thing called white privilege because he thinks it will make his daughter feel really self-conscious and think, well, I'm not white, so where do I fit in? But interestingly, he was also asked if it was good that white children were taught about this.
3: I think the main emotion they take away from that is a guilt complex. I may understand why some anti-racist activists of of colour Uh, might think it's a good strategy to sort of imbibe white guilt from as early an age as possible because that sort of, you know, teaches white people to be on the moral defensive once it comes to the issue of race. What I always find more interesting is why there are some white people, some white progressives, who also think this is a good idea. And I think, really, it is actually a new form of white saviorism. So it's sort of, you know, white people trying to save the world from other white people. It's quite a sort of narcissistic take because... That's not the way the world works. You know, there's 8 billion people in this world, roughly 1 billion white people in this world. So this world does not revolve around the thoughts and actions of white people. It's not white people who are responsible for everything in this world that happens.
1: Panama. A place famous for hats and shipping canals. (laughs) Now, um, Alex, here's a fact for you Panama hats are actually Ecuadorian. I I didn't didn't... know that. No, I I know. They just became popular because people who built the canal wore them they were so great. Um, I digress though, because more importantly, the people who run one of the busiest shipping routes in the world say it's been affected by climate change.
0: Yes, an historically unprecedented dry spell, it's claimed, uh, means that the waters are the lowest they've ever been in the canal and so restrictions have been put in place so that only 32 ships a day can go along the canal instead of 36 and also... They are allowed to carry less, so they can only have 40,000 tonnes on them now instead of 70,000. The Times' Will Pavia is the one who's written this piece, and he explains what impact these restrictions are going to have.
4: The canal is dependent on having a lot of water, and so when it's dry, it's it's hard for the, the authority to keep it running at full capacity. Now, the impact of this will be on a lot of American goods, grain and soybeans that use the Panama Canal, that they're shipped through the Panama Canal to Asia and Chinese markets, also oil, uh, natural gas. And at the moment, the restrictions are sort of relatively slight, but analysts I've spoken to say that this could eventually have an impact where people start to ship by different routes. So it will cause delays. It's one of these sort of things that the Panama Canal is one of these shipping routes that is affected by climate change in a, in a big way, the others being other rivers. The Mississippi has had problems with its water levels and, and so has the Rhine in Germany. And the authority says that it's taking steps to try and mitigate the problem.
1: Yeah, so this mitigation is essentially spending billions of dollars diverting four rivers into the man-made lake, which feeds the canal, um, because the stats are incredible. So for mm. each ship that passes through from lake to lock... Um, it moves some 200 million litres of water with it. But this lake has been drying up over the past 20 years because it's not getting enough rain. And that's down to climate change. Thing is, diverting rivers brings its own environmental concerns.
0: Hollywood actors are currently on strike as... You may well know. Uh, but once their strike is over, I want you to take a close look at, I don't know, your favourite actor.
1: Yeah, do they look rested? <laughs> Relaxed? Dare I say it, younger?
0: <laughs> well, it might not just be the time off, it might be something else. And The Times' West Coast correspondent, Kieran Southern, has been let in on why.
5: In the grand old tradition of Hollywood, the A and B list celebrities are not letting a good crisis go to waste. And they're using the downtime to undergo cosmetic surgery, according to a leading Beverly Hills surgeon to the stars. Dr. Ben Ben Talley, he is a leading surgeon um, here in Beverly Hills. I actually spoke to him yesterday while he was performing a facelift on someone. Yeah, so as the doctor was telling me, if if you or I got a facelift, it would take about three weeks before we could go back to our regular lives. People might notice that our faces were slightly puffy, but we we could get around. For actors, a high-definition camera will pick up that um, puffiness for up to three months after the, the procedure. So they're sort of banking on the fact that this is going to go on for a good few months, which I suspect it will do. So if they go under the knife now, August 1st, they should be good to go back to work in in November, which sounds about right for the time when the strike will probably be over. Alex. Yes.
1: Do you ever send an email and think, five minutes later... Why has no one responded?
0: (laughs) Often. Too often. And you're one of the people who don't respond.
1: Well, I'm here to help for a change. Uh, The Times has seen some research that has the answer to your email woes.
0: You got mail.
1: The good news is that there is an optimum time to send an email if you want people to read it. Ah, the Outlook email alert. (laughs) Telling me that Alex has emailed something about rotors. The bad news is that this optimum time is on a Sunday, between 3
0: and 6 p.m. Yes, messages sent between this window of time have an average open rate, apparently of 86%, uh, compared with 50% of the rest of the week. Uh, so sending work emails on a Sunday isn't going to make me popular, though.
1: No, adds to the stress.
0: Remember, if you want more on these stories, do head to the Times website, take out a digital subscription. Also, if you do that, you'll be able to read a great piece about why Lionel Messi could smash scoring records in the US. It's kind of like, it's got a bit of tactical analysis in there, but kind of for people who aren't huge football or soccer fans. Uh, So it's it's a really good one. Read it basically and then impress your friends.
1: And a piece I really love, the wonkiest pub in Britain. (laughs) There is a picture go and see it sadly it'll be a pub no more but it will still be wonky very wonky on which note it's time for us to love and leave you until tomorrow
3: planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen